to the Clinical Podcast Series brought to you by the American Academy of Optometry Foundation. The topic for this episode is effective corneal cross-linking versus standard care on keratoconus progression in young patients. I'd like to thank our host, Dr. Tom Quinn, our topical expert, Dr. Aaron Zimmerman, and our topical editor, Dr. Kelsey Steele. And now it's my pleasure to begin today's podcast. Welcome you of curious minds to the American Academy of Optometry's clinical podcast series. In today's episode, we'll be discussing young keratoconics and whether to employ corneal cross-linking. Good idea, bad idea. Dr. Aaron Zimmerman here is here to explain that to us. Our expert today, Dr. Zimmerman, is a professor of clinical optometry and the chief of Student Health Optometry Services at The Ohio State University College of Optometry. Dr. Zimmerman, welcome. Hey, Tom. Thanks again for inviting me, and uh, thanks for the, to the Academy for uh, providing this podcast. You are the right man for this conversation, because I know your background. You and I have known each other for a long time, and I know that you can offer some great insight here. So the paper we're going to discuss, it was uh, published in the November 2021 issue of the Journal of Ophthalmology by Daniel Larkin et al. And uh, tell me a little bit about this paper, Aaron. What were they doing? What were they looking at? Yeah, so this study took place in the UK, and it was an observer-masked, randomized, controlled, parallel group superiority trial. And the investigators were comparing cross-linking to standard of care for young individuals with keratoconus. There were 60 total participants. And the key thing here was they were aged 10 to 16 years old, and they were confirmed to have progressive keratoconus. And then each uh, 30 participants ended up being randomized to the intervention, uh, which ended up being cross-linking and 30 received uh, standard of care, which in this study was defined as spectacles or contact lenses. Okay, so Aaron, the first question that comes to my mind is, one, how did they determine these young people? How old were the kids? Yeah, so they were 10 to 16. Okay, okay. and, how did, and how, um, how did they determine whether they were keratoconic and how did they determine whether they were progressing? A very good question, Tom. So, <laughs> so for detection, um, keratoconus was confirmed using corneal topography, tomography, not topography, tomography, which would be uh, like a shine flu imaging device such as the Pentacam. And then, uh, so they confirmed the, uh, er the status of an irregular cornea with that. And then for progression, the investigators were looking for a change of at least one and a half diopters in the steep meridian or a K max increase of one and a half diopters at intervals of three months. So they followed some of these people for a period of time. And um, if, if there was a change detected of one and a half diopters, they were randomized either into the cross-linking group or into the uh, control group. Okay, let's back up for just a second for someone who maybe is a retina person and they're listening to our podcast. Talk about topography versus tomography. What's the difference? Yeah, so topography has been around for a lot longer, and that is usually an anterior surface-based imaging. So if you think of a topographer with like acetyl rings, you're getting reflections off the anterior surface of the cornea. Tomography allows the uh, practitioner to image both the anterior and posterior surfaces of the cornea. And uh, you actually, it allows the practitioner to detect keratoconus potentially earlier um, 
because sometimes these cases develop on the posterior cornea before they develop on the anterior cornea. So they're a little bit more sensitive technology and um, it's becoming more and more prevalent um, as time goes on. Yeah, and we're, we're feeling a greater need to detect these kids early so we can intervene before they get too far down the path of progression. So what exactly did they, what right. did they find out in this study, Aaron? Yeah, so uh, for the primary outcome, which was uh, uh, basically a change in the steep K, um, they, they followed these individuals for 18 months and the crosslink group had a mean steep K of 49.7. And I want you to compare that to a baseline of 49.1 diopters, while the standard care group uh, had a baseline of 50.2 and ended up um, after 18 months that had changed to 53.4. So if we look at the 18 month uh, change, there was a difference of 3.7 diopters. Um, in that steep meridian. The, base, the baseline uncorrected visual acuity was 0.6 logmar for the cross-linking group. And at 18 months, it was 0.5 logmar, so a one-line improvement. The baseline VA for the control group was 0.7 at baseline and 0.8 at, um, at 18 months, so a one-line worse, okay? Um, and uh, so both they had, to, uh, you can see that the uh, cross thinking seemed to be relatively effective at preventing further progression of corneal steepening, and it did improve visual acuity by, you know, a line or so. One of the okay. other outcomes was to um, assess quality of life measures, and uh, they were not able to detect or uh, dis discern a uh, difference between quality of life at this point. Um, however, they're going to end up following this study for several years, and so it could be that, you know, a few years down the line, the individuals that had the cross-linking may have may um, determined to have higher quality of life measures than the uh, those in the control group. Okay, so we'll wait to hear about that. But the early results suggest if you have a young person who's showing progression, go ahead and do cross-linking, right? Yep, yep. Yep, and of course the procedure done here was the epi uh method. It was the Dresden protocol. The Dresden yep. protocol, yeah. Aaron, thank you much for your insights and sharing your expertise with us. We greatly appreciate it. And everyone, thank you for listening. Stay tuned for our next podcast from the American Academy of Optometry Clinical Podcast Series. Take care. And a special thanks to CooperVision for their educational grant to make it all happen.